Hello, everyone. I am your host, Alfonso Esquivias, also known as Fonz. I am joined by my co-host, Eric Silva. Together, we bring you this podcast, Cocktails and Spirits. Hey, everybody. This is Eric. Uh, we look forward to uh, talking about our favorite cocktails and about our favorite uh, spirits like tequila, bourbon, rum, uh, gin, and more. We hope to share our passion for cocktails and spirits with you all. With that being said, let's get today, today's show started. Today, we'll be talking about what you look for in a cocktail menu when you go out to a restaurant, bar, or cocktail lounge, and also how we judge the cocktails that are served for us. All right, Eric. So when you go out to eat or go to a restaurant, bar, cocktail, uh, anywhere that they serve cocktails, what do you look for before you order or what are your expectations for a drink? So depending on what I'm in the mood for, uh, but but overall, I, I like a well-balanced uh, cocktail, uh, mainly for the purpose uh, of, uh, you know, starting a meal. You want something that kind of sets the tone for that. And for myself, uh, I'm not much of a, a, a sweet person. So I like something that's well-balanced where I can get a little bit of everything that's in, in, in the cocktail itself. Nice. Do you let uh, the menu, the food menu effect or... Uh, kind of uh, decide what you're going to drink before, after, or uh, during the dinner? Do you have drinks while eating, or do you wait? Uh, well, you know, it's, it's a good question because it, it kind of varies between, you know, uh, the, the occasion. You know, typically for business, uh, yeah, you know, I, I like, a, you know, a, a, maybe like a, a, a gin or a, a straight whiskey um to you know to kind of break the ice or when i go you know just to have a a, a drink or a, with a friend then i kind of let the the menu decide where i want to go to to kind of set the tone so yeah it does vary uh, based nice. on what the menu is yeah so for example like uh what i find myself doing now is uh i look forward to reading the ingredients of the drink first I don't really look at the names anymore because that doesn't uh, fact do anything for me. I look at the ingredients since I am a bartender. I just look and see if it's intriguing or not. And I often let that decide, you know, if it's going to be the drink I choose or if I move on or if I just don't like the cocktail selection, I move on to a to a to beer. I don't know for mm -hmm. you since um, uh, you don't have bartending experience. Do you look at the names at all? Or you just like look at uh, the ingredients, or how how do you choose? Well, yeah, I, I used to, but you know, uh, you find out uh, soon that the the names can very can be very misleading a lot of the times. So, you know, can be very very catchy. But yeah, I, I think looking at the ingredients makes uh, all the difference on the, your experience of and actually enjoying the cocktail. I mean, I, I don't know how many times I've ordered something based off of a. Uh, uh, you know, the special of the day or, you know, something that's, you know, kind of highlighted there for you as a favorite and it, it ends up being something that I don't enjoy. So, yeah, most definitely looking at the ingredients is key to ordering something that you're going to enjoy, especially if you're paying for it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That actually uh, brought me a memory of uh, with you and I that we got we got kind of suckered into it over there. <laughs> at, where was it? Montana? Yes, yes, yes. We saw, I mean, we love old fashions and old fashions are very tricky mm -hmm. because so many places don't know how to make them because they want to, they try so hard to make it their own and 
that I feel like that's a problem with cocktails. You can't really make a they call it a riff, you know, the bartender, the lingo is uh, old fashioned riff, uh, Negroni riff. And the truth is, if, if you're going to do something else to it, that's just going to be a whole different drink. Don't call it a riff because it, it doesn't need to be changed. Yeah. So that time we went to we picked up food and while we were waiting, we grabbed an old fashioned and, and it was smoked. And of course, we got suckered into it. And as soon as we got it served, what was the garnish? <laughs> it was like a. Like it wasn't slice. even. A, I don't believe it was an orange slice, or was it? Uh, I know the, it was for sure one of those cherries. That's the the red, bright uh, maraschino cherries. That was that yes, was yes, yes, yes. You know, and you know, uh, yeah. I, I think it's it's all about the uh, the. It was the whole process of the of the the cocktail of the that kind of intrigued us into into it but yeah that's one thing that i don't understand as a consumer and maybe you can explain that a little bit better is that when i go to different places and order the same drink it's almost never consistent and yeah well to tell you frustra- it kinda, it's kind of frustrating because sometimes you know i'll enjoy a, a nice margarita or like an old-fashioned and i can i can go to a a, a local a local pub here a local bar um and it's going to be a different experience every single time yeah, I agree. And to be honest, it's going to be a different experience, even if you go to the same restaurant and a different bartender makes it. Uh, just because some people truly believe that they can pour a perfect count. For example, if a drink is one and a half ounce of tequila on a margarita, the mm-hmm. common count for that is six seconds, right? Like one, two, three, four, five, six. Now, what if someone counts a lot slower? What if someone is, you know, counted? Uh, real quick and it's maybe eight now that is going to throw off the whole drink um as a bartender there's a tool and you've seen it i'm sure it's called a jigger that's where you measure <laughs> the drinks and it is fundamental yeah. because if not that changes how that drink if you pour two ounces instead of one and a half ounces but you kept the agave and the lime the same that's going to be way different it's going to be very spirit forward now some people love that but if mm. you're used to a nice balanced drink that margarita is, be, is going, it's going to be different. And that's why it varies even at a restaurant. With If you go on a Monday and then you go on a Thursday, different bartenders, if they don't do the same thing, it's going to taste way different. Okay, that makes a little bit more sense now that I think about it. But, yeah, and, and I thought that's, that was the whole purpose of the jig is to make sure that the quantities of being served were always consistent. Yeah, definitely is. And also, of course, to, you know, as a bar owner, as the as a bar owner would like them to use it for quality of product. I mean, for a, not a wasting product. I, that's what I mean. Or else mm. there's just money going down the drain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Hey, but, you know, sometimes, you know, when it's a little bit stronger, I'm not, you know, complaining. That's for sure. Yeah, <laughs> for real, especially <laughs> uh, they when they should go stronger or stronger pours on any neat pours like when we order a a nice bourbon or a nice tequila they should just do a nice two and a half ounce pour without even they should count to 12 on that one (laughs) and yeah you know now that you mentioned it you know i don't mind a little bit more of the of the spirit or of the um you know versus the the mixture of the cocktail versus you know because i feel like if you get more the 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 mix of it, it kind of overpowers and takes over the the actual flavor of the 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 spirit that you're actually consuming. 
Yeah, absolutely. Oh, the sweetener, the simple syrups, the mm-hmm. all of that. Sometimes the liqueurs, liqueurs are really, really sweet. Some of them, some of my favorite liqueurs are, are sweet and people don't know how to balance that. And uh, I feel like if you're not, if you're at a restaurant where people making the decision like sweeter drinks, then guess what's going to be on the menu? Sweeter drinks. And I feel like that's why there should be a balance on uh, for people making the decision on what's going to be on the cocktail menu. You got to be able to please everyone or at least have mm. options for, you know, every type of customer. Gotcha. And you, uh, as you know, uh, as a bartender, uh, you know, same same question. How, how do you guys base your, your drink menu? Uh, is it based off of what, what you guys are serving that day or, you know, because I know you guys have certain drinks for happy hour and so far and so forth. Well, uh, for me, is a lot of decisions just come from the, the company. But the way, like, for example, the way I like to one day, I mean, I would love to own a, a restaurant, bar. And one of the best menus I've ever seen, not just because who they are, but I feel like the way it was structured and you haven't been there, but I, I feel like you would like it. It's at Death & Company. They're in, in L.A., their menu is listed as, you know, it says something. I don't remember the exact ones, but it says Spirit Forward. It says uh, Light mm. and Playful, I believe. It was Light and Playful. And then there was something like, where was it? Those are the two mains I remember. They had like four sections. But it was a straight up Spirit Forward and light and playful and you know for someone that wouldn't enjoy something that is very spirit forward because there are drinks that just are you could taste the alcohol like the the spirit and mm-hmm. some people don't enjoy that they like to hide it they like you know little sweeter refreshing drinks and i feel like that type of menu is perfect because you know what you're going to order like for someone that maybe doesn't like overly sweet why why would they or you know lighter drinks why would they order something from light and playful then you know that your expectations uh you wouldn't mess with your expectations if you order from where you want Mm -hmm. yeah that makes sense that makes sense and and i guess like like and i think we we discussed this as well as um you know uh, as as part of uh, you being a business owner and uh you know serving uh these specialty drinks and cocktails to your customers uh as you know when you, when you start in a you know in a in a venue or at at a um um at a wedding or at an event that you're doing uh the first you know first two uh three or, or maybe possibly even four drinks that you give out to one specific person uh, are part of, you know, to the T as far as, you know, presentation. But then as they go along, you know, they start, you know, getting a little bit, you know, tipsy and they start really caring about the aesthetics of the drink versus just, you know, getting your drink and moving on and keeping that, that uh, buzz going. And I, I think that kind of goes along as well with, with a mixed cocktail. Sometimes, you know, you get to the point where it just, you want to, uh, you're feeling good and you're not really worried about the flavor some or or you know the variations uh, of uh, what you're actually drinking at that time anymore yeah so a lot of the time at a bar top when people are doing or ordering drinks the first drink they really care about for sure you know cuz nowadays when you receive a drink i want to say 70% 
maybe even like close to 80% of the people will take a picture of it. And I'm, I'm one of them too. You know, I, I mm-hmm. post my pictures, uh, my, the drinks I order and most of the time online on, on my drinks page on Instagram. And yep. that's what people do. I want to say about on the third or fourth drink, sometimes they might even say, Oh, you don't have to put all that stuff on it because at that point <laughs> they don't, they don't care about how it looks or they just, they just want to, just they're there to get fucked up at uh, at some point you know and yeah. that's that's what they want and they're they're ready to go and i understand it cuz you know i i wouldn't at some point even i i'm like all right that's enough of the garnish yeah 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 cuz i i i do remember a lot of times you know being at, at the club with you know, my friends we order bottle service you know a, a bottle of a, a whiskey with a side of uh, pineapple juice and a side of cranberry juice and I know towards the end of the night, uh, you know, uh, it could have been that the pineapple juice might have been gone or it's almost d- done. But at that point, it's just straight whiskey, you know, uh, once you, you know, get later on in the night. So that's one thing I did notice or have noticed from uh, not just me, myself, but from everybody in general. Yeah. And, you know, while we're talking about kind of like the aesthetics of the drink, do you find there? I find this very common and actually that's going back to the old fashioned. That's how they got us. We saw mm-hmm. them making the old fashioned one way. Now that wasn't a garnish, but that was like kind of the way the drink was presented. Now, obviously I'm the yeah. answer is probably yes, but that was going back. That was, I think like two years ago, I think both of us have kind of changed uh, how we like cocktails now. Yes. Do you think you would still be kind of like, if you saw a cool looking cocktail, it would still lead you to want to order it or if you see a cocktail that is nicely garnished maybe you know like for example a tiki drink that's super got all this stuff do you let that you know influence you on whether you want to order it or not uh i think if it does look refreshing yes i I will consider it but now knowing where you know now, now being where we're at now uh, I think I would, uh, like you said, go to the menu and actually see what ingredients are in that particular cocktail uh, just to make sure that I'm going to, you know, enjoy it because not all the time it's it's going to be, this, you know, the the experience that you're looking for based on the aesthetics or based on the, the presentation that you're receiving. I mean, for instance, that that uh, um, that time it was it was it was it was uh, wasn't enjoyable at all. And well, I think we ended up ordering beer after that, didn't we? Yeah, we did. And actually that that spot did a great job of making everything look better than it was. I feel like they they excelled at that because that presentation of the old fashioned mm-hmm. was great. And for me, I never forget it and I don't know what it's called. That's the first and only time I've ever seen a Bartel Pop like a what was it like a it had a smoker. Uh, like no, a no, chip smoker. Not that the where you put your beer instead of a coaster. It was like oh. a long strip of ice, and it went around the bar. Yes. So it would keep your beer cold, and that, I actually don't even know if it would keep it cold. I, like, I don't know if the it would go up. but in, So basically, like for listeners that are trying to you know, picture it, because I don't know what it's called, we're at a bar top, and there was a long strip about like – it was probably like four inches, you know, in height. Yeah, I think it was like a stainless steel strip across the whole bar with and it was iced up so it like it was cold but i don't even know if it would keep the the beer itself cold but it looked really cool and 
it just made it feel like it was working whether it was or not. So I, I'll never forget <laughs> how. Hey, you know what? I, I think I think I think it does work, uh, mainly based on the fact that the cups that you're being served on are are uh, chilled already, so it kind of keeps the same consistency as far as the temperature goes, be, being set on that that uh, platform that was that was there. Um, and I mean, if you really want to break it down, yeah, it, it might, you know, depend on how long it's sitting there as well. But like you said, it's it was a very it's a very uh, uh, interesting uh, way of presenting, like you said. Yeah, and I feel like that uh, that's important. I feel like even for us that you know we feel like you know now we just kind of want to look at the ingredients or kind of know what we're ordering or maybe just order something that's off the menu that bartender should know. I feel like we no matter what you're still going to be attracted to things that look different in some sort of presentation of the cocktail, some sort of presentation of how it's served. Sometimes people serve it in a coaster. Sometimes the glassware, the glassware is so important. I feel like personally for me, so I like the vintage style glasses on all cocktails, whether it's a coupe, uh, you know, the double old fashioned glass, which is the bucket glass Mm -hmm. or even like on a margarita or, and to me, all that matters, and it definitely affects the way or the way I view a cocktail or my expectations after a cocktail. Yeah, you know, and that, I find that very interesting because I never really paid much attention to that. But, yeah, you're right. That does make a, a big difference on the, the aesthetics of the actual drink. And I, I guess there's, there's, there's some sort of guideline that I'm assuming that you guys follow as far as uh, what type of cups you got to use for a certain type of cocktails, right? Yeah. Definitely. And uh, I feel like a lot of people or a lot of bars just try to uh, either do too much or or they're just unaware. Have you ever mm-hmm. seen those mar- martini glasses that are like, oh, man, they're like the tall martini glasses that are like a V shape. Have you ever seen those? Yeah, like like, like the ones that they have, like at those like like those. Um... Like um, uh, Mexican restaurants, those big ones with yeah, the yeah. Like, purple, purple, purple lining on the top of the rim. Yeah, those, or even without the little purple line. Well, there's a meme online that says, "I just know if my cocktail's coming like that, I know it's gonna suck." <laughs> yeah. So there's like, uh, there's like, just people know if a cocktail's coming in a certain glass that it's probably not going to be good. But obviously, it's not always the case. Mm-hmm. But presentation definitely matters. And I want to say a lot of the worst presentation are from chain restaurants because they don't really have the the right staff for that, you know? Like, for example, yeah, uh, yeah. Applebee's, Chili's, and all those spots have an interesting presentation. Mm-hmm. And what y'all are kind of you stick to the same type of glassware, it seems like. Yeah. Yeah, the... All the all those glasses, especially I, I knew exactly <laughs> where you're talking about when you said the the blue or purple stripe at the top. Oh man, the the funniest ones are the ones that are the shot glasses that are like that same style, and inside they have like a little agave. Have you seen those? Oh yes, yes, yes. I mean, they're yeah, cool, and I feel like they're a nice little souvenir. But man, they're funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, I know. I mean, like you said, I think that's. That's uh, uh, something that 
you don't really pay attention at first uh and i guess you know uh you you've been in the in the industry and being a bartender uh kind of just make you know make uh all the difference uh, on your your view of of uh, or your intrigue on the cocktail for sure yeah it's like kind of a curse because now i can't really go out and enjoy a nice drink without having to <laughs> think about it or try to break it down or you know whether it's too sour or something and actually lucy my wife is even worse she she can detect something super sweet and will be like no this isn't this isn't good at all and uh she she won't want to drink it i don't know if christina is like that too or she doesn't really care i i I think she's she's um she's more um i guess more more passive in that way where it's as long as it's it's uh you know somewhat you know enjoyable she'll she won't really care much and she yeah she definitely is the type of a person who will uh order a drink based off of you know the 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 aesthetics and and the way that it's presented for sure for sure that is true one time on uh, instagram she sent me like a a drink that it looked like it was pretty much a a flower vase it was like a it was purple and they dec- they garnished it with so many flowers and i was like is there even a drink there <laughs> and to me those are the drinks that are like wow that's way too much i do not want that at all yeah it's like, and it's like you know it's even even when you know when you go on vacation and you you know go to you go to a resort and you get these you know um well like pina coladas with pineapple on, on there i mean to be honest i, I don't I don't even remember any time where I would eat the actual garnish that they would put on there where sometimes they put, you know, uh, banana or, you know, like I said, pineapple or strawberry or uh, I've never been that type of person to eat or even, you know, ask for the type of garnish. Yeah. Like um, at, at my job, we do Bloody Marys and we do, you know, the 16 ounce Bloody Mary and the Mason jar and the 32 ounce Mason jars and, our garnish for those are celery stick, a pickle, a pickle, cucumber, and a bell pepper, along with two olives as well. I want to say only about thirty percent of the people actually eat them all. Most of the time, they are left and they are thrown away, and it's a, such a waste of product because people just yeah. like the way it looks, but we, they just get thrown out. Celery gone, olives gone, all of that gets completely thrown out. And it's, or the first thing they do is ask for a plate or napkin to take it out and just put it <laughs> there on the side. And they, there, that's it. It's gone. And what's the purpose of the, um, the bell pepper? I've never actually seen a Bloody Mary with bell pepper. I've seen a Bloody Mary with, uh, with bacon, celery, and um, a cucumber. But I've never once seen it with a bell pepper. It's interesting. Yeah, to be honest, I'm not sure. I just uh, and they they kind of cook them in vinegar, I believe. They get cooked mm. and they might they're pickled, I believe, actually pickled peppers that because that's how they are labeled when and on the container we put them. And I've never tried it because I don't like any of that. I, I almost didn't want to work at my job because I hate pickles. And when I saw that we had to cut so many, I'm like, I do not want to mess with pickles. 
they're, they're so nasty and the smell is yeah disgusting. i'm not a fan either i'm not a fan yeah. either and people love them people ask for extra on those and i'm just like oh uh, no way but yeah i'm not sure wrong. what the Go for it. Yeah, don't get me wrong. The uh, the uh, the Bloody Marys are are great, especially after a hangover. Man, those come in, they, they, they come through. They're clutch after a long night. That's for sure. Uh, I don't know if you had that experience with them, but uh, I I know after a long night, I can have one of those in the morning, and I'll be good in the next thirty minutes. Really? Yeah. yeah. I haven't really. I have to put that to the test, actually. Yeah. Now, yeah. So buddy, I'm. Yeah, a buddy of mine introduced me to that little trick a, a long time ago, and I, I believe we were in San Diego at that time, and we just uh, we had a, we had a blast out there, and oh man, I was dying the next morning. He was like, "Well, you mean it's not gonna hurt you, right?" I was like, "Well, I guess it's not." And I, I, honestly, I didn't really enjoy it that much. I kind of you know forced it down and kind of chugged it as fast as I could, but honestly, after you know fifteen thirty minutes, it's huge huge difference it's almost kind of like a michelada but i felt like it worked a lot faster yeah for me i feel like the the thickness of the bloody mary sometimes kind of throws me off and um mm -hmm. although it's very intriguing we've had it lucy and i have made some at home one time and we actually really enjoyed it and i was genuinely shocked but i'm not sure you know i just gotta have one i guess maybe like on a on a morning brunch, just give it a try or one morning wake up and just make some here. But I feel like but, it's you know, a like, hassle like, to make. Yeah, and that's the thing, like like you mentioned before, you know, it's going to be a hit or miss too because you know, I, I've had some other places and just it's it's terrible. It's terrible. Like it's not even drinkable. So, and you know, you, I think you having that, uh, um, uh, the ingredients already kind of, you know, uh, down to the T, it makes a huge difference on your experience of actually, you know, drinking and enjoying it. Yeah, well, I'm glad you mentioned that because uh, about the you've had them at certain places and they're they're terrible. I feel mm -hmm. like having a good Bloody Mary mix is extremely hard. And I, when I said that it's a hassle to make, I felt uh, it's because of that. Because I feel like mm. so many people make it so many different ways. Some people add, you know horseradish uh oh. Worcestershire sauce i don't know how to pronounce that but they added that some people add <laughs> a bunch uh soy sauce salt pepper lemon lime and i feel like people will do anything random to make it their bloody mary mix and i feel like it's just impossible to ever have a bloody mary taste the same which i guess it's kind of cool mm -hmm. because you'll get a different experience but you know, to me, it's a very tricky, tricky thing. Yeah. And that goes back to all cocktails at different restaurants. Yeah. And it's kind of kind of the same concept as the Michelada, too. You know, everybody kind of has their own like mix. I know I have my own mix and I enjoy it. And, you know, my friends enjoy it. Um, and, you know, I, I go to uh, my buddy's restaurant and he has a, a, a somewhat of a, a similar mix that I do. But his is also very enjoyable. Uh, by the way, how do you make your mix if you don't mind sharing? Because I, I'm not a huge fan of micheladas, and I, mm -hmm. when I make them at events, it's kind of like, I kind of just do my best to try and give a good solid michelada. But I, I'm not a huge fan of them, so it's hard for me to be a good critic of it. Yeah, so I I like to make my micheladas uh, with uh, I use clamato obviously, 
which is that one of the main the main ingredient that I use. I don't like to use the off-brand ones. Uh, I believe it does make a difference in the uh, on the the flavor of it. So clamato, uh, pepper, uh, salt. Uh, I like to I like a lot of lime on mine. Uh, so I use about two limes on mine, and I I do a, a maybe like two two like dashes of the Worcestershire, Worcestershire sauce. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and I also um, add a tahin. I, I add a tahin to mine as well. Inside of it, or just on the yeah, inside of yeah. No, inside oh. inside of it. And then I like to use uh, Cholula. I don't like to use the tapatio or the Valentina or some of the other ones. I like the Cholulas uh, on my uh, micheladas mix. Ah, uh, see, look at that. Like, there's a huge difference. Like, I know some people like the Basco for it. Um, a lot. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's the most popular one for it. I feel like Tapatio is a little too Tapatio and Cholula's. I mean, uh, what was the other? Valentina are a little too. I don't know. I feel like those don't belong on the Bloody Marys or or Micheladas. Yeah, cause I think you're right. I think the, t- the Tabasco and the Cholula are a little bit more acidic, so kind of kind of blends in with the the lime uh, that's incorporated into it. Yeah, well, we'll have to give your michelada a try one of these days because it sounds <laughs> yeah. it sounds pretty good, nice. especially with the nice warm days we're about to get in the upcoming weeks over here. Oh yeah, yeah, no, it's getting yeah, we're we're slowly but surely getting there. I, mean, I remember last year we were we were there about a month ago uh, from, from today's date, so we're we're kind of off to a slow start this year. We are, which is great. It's great because I hate the heat. Although it yeah, just gives me a, a, gives me an excuse to make uh, margaritas or try to stay hydrated with refreshing <laughs> drinks, which I guess that's a good thing. All yeah, right, and better well, for us. Yeah, well, I feel like that's a good uh, chat on cocktails and what our expectations are. You know, mm-hmm. uh, putting that into thought. It, well, chances are, it, it's hard to get pleased at a restaurant with cocktails because it, most of the, it's hit or miss. But it's good to know and it is good to, you know, you should expect a good drink because these cocktails now are at the low end. They're going to be $12, you know, 15 16 depending where you go. So I, I've paid $21 for a cocktail and I, I feel like as a wow. customer, you should expect a good drink because you are paying good money for it. Yeah, you know what? And I, I think that is the expectation when you're talking about that dollar amount versus, you know, I think you can kind of get away with it a little bit more when you're talking about, you know, uh, you know, Taco Tuesdays and you have, a, you know, a, a happy hour that goes along with it. You know, I think your expectations aren't as high just because of the, the dollar amount that you're spending. Yeah, you know what? We, 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 sh- we should talk about the dollar amount. So before we um, move on. The cocktail price, well, everything right now is insane with pricing. And mm-hmm. cocktails are definitely part of this. What do we call it? What What is it called? When everything has gone up, I forgot the word slip. Inflation. All the, yeah, inflation. There, there isn't a cocktail that you can get that is going to be 10, under $10 anymore. For example, at my job, that's a happy hour price mm-hmm. $10. Wow. I feel like that's kind of like well, now ten dollars, and when you think about it, man, that's expensive. A well drink ten dollars, like that's rough. You know, if you tip on the low end on that, 
you know, even that one dollar, that's you're spending eleven dollars for a vodka soda, tequila soda, and and that's gone. It went in in a four sips. Man, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I mean, I, I haven't haven't uh, really um, paid much attention to that just because I don't go just drinking anymore like I used to. Uh, it's more of, you know, it, it kind of goes with, you know, my meal. So I don't really take that into consideration. But, yeah, you know, I, I, I do um, re- recall or remember, you know, ordering a drink and, you know, you know leaving $2 tip for every drink. You know, and a lot of times I'm having anywhere between, you know, three to five drinks. So you're talking about, you know, a five drinks at $10 plus another you know $2 tip. Then you're you know looking at right there about you know sixty bucks right there, about yeah, yeah. And now like imagine going out, uh, you know, with a couple, or like you know your your girlfriend, and it's uh, it's going to be double. <laughs> That's uh, yeah. wild to me. Like sometimes at work when I see people's checks, I'm like, man, you guys just got two cocktails. Each one of them was fifteen dollars. You got eighteen dollar entrees, and you do this. I see you here three times a week, spending over a hundred dollars. I mean, I guess it to me. That's why sometimes now I'm like, yeah, I do want to make sure this cocktail comes out good because mm-hmm. you know you kind of feel for it, and it, whoever's ordering deserves a nice drink because it is expensive. If you're talking about minimum wage, one drink is one hour worth of work, and when you put it into that. That's tough. That one hour of yeah. your job just went away in, in, you know, ten minutes. Yeah, yeah, you know, you know what? Like, yeah, I never really, you know, put it, you know, you know, broke it down that way before. But yeah, that I, I think that's something that you can't really look past. Yep. Well, you know, hopefully, everyone that's out in these next couple days or whenever they hear this hopefully uh, if they go out they get a nice cocktail because uh and it's it's worth it so yeah all right now let's um since on this first episode we're going to talk about a little bit about our expectations about cocktails and then we do have a nice pour we we made a pour of uh, tequila and uh, today we are going to be drinking one of our favorite and it's going to be a fortaleza reposado Erica, mm-hmm. I know we we visited this distillery. Uh, what do you think about this tequila? Well, I can honestly say this is one of my favorite tequilas. Uh, now, prior to visiting this distillery, you know it, it was it was more of the uh, the name brands. You know, that's all I all I kind of really knew. Uh, just because, you know, er- everybody drinks the, you know, your 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 name brands that are out there because they're well marketed, you know. So it's all pretty much all I knew. So, um, but after you know visiting this distillery and the other one, the couple other ones that we did, it's, it really opens up your eyes to the quality that that's out there that's not really you know promoted. So you know, it's it's a it's honestly one of my favorite so far, and. I enjoy it, and, and I feel like this is something that I can drink on and sip on uh, on a weekend with a buddy and with, you know, with no chaser, with no lime, no uh, no extra, you know, 
you know, ingredients here. It's it's, just, it's enjoyable all the way around. And it's I feel like it's a well balanced um, tequila for sure. Absolutely, I just had the first sip and it was I just like literally rolled my eyes because it was so good. <laughs> it's just and then so we're having the Fortaleza Reposado, and man, like when you put this up against other tequilas and like if you were to put it up against one of the big brand mm, you know the ones that are produced like, like in huge batches the color you'd be like how is this so much lighter than the reposado and you know i mean we we know why because you know they don't add anything to it but man mm-hmm. what, what a treat yeah and and uh a quick story is that i i actually uh shared this bottle with a couple of uh, my teammates uh yesterday and uh, a lot of them are you know just same way you know their 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 conception uh, of tequila is shots shots and like no you know take it take your time enjoy it sip on it and you know actually enjoy it and um they they uh they did they they took they took their time they actually uh got certain you know notes from them certain flavors from it and I think it's the first time that they actually experienced tequila in this way versus just, you know, taking a shot and, you know, taking it down and not really enjoying it. What, what did they say? They, uh, they, were they shocked or surprised? Yeah, they were, they were, they were shocked and surprised that it wasn't as harsh as some of the other ones that they have. And they, you know, a lot of their, a lot of their comments were, wow, I don't even need a, a lime to chase it with, or, you know, I don't need salt. Uh, although some of them were, that was their first, you know, their first uh, question was like, hey, where's the salt? Where's the lemon? I'm like, this is not for you to, you know, sh- take a shot. This is for you to actually sip on and enjoy. And uh, yeah, for, for sure, uh, we have some new people that are going to be looking out for this bottle. Damn, that that's great. And also uh, makes it harder on us because we already know that Fortaleza is, you know, getting to, it's getting harder to find. Mm-hmm. But hey. Well, welcome. The more people that we could have a good tequila with, the the better. And that's what we look forward to uh, talking with all you guys here. I, you know, I feel like this is a good spot to end. We, and our goal is going to be to talk about, you know, cocktails and spirits. We we love it. We love I love making drinks. I love having friends over, uh, especially Eric and his girlfriend Christina. They have they come have drinks with uh, myself and my wife Lucy. And sometimes and we enjoy drinking them. Sometimes they're my guinea pigs, but <laughs> you know, it's it's drinks, so who doesn't like that? Eric, any thoughts? Yeah, no, just you know, uh, the I think the key is to experience uh, something new and getting feedback and kind of just expanding your your palate. It's it's um it's a very interesting how much more there is out there than what you're used to on a day to day and something that's kind of pushed up and uh you know in front of you yep awesome and then um i know you wanted to mention about uh you know if people have any suggestions or if you yeah yeah we we welcome a- a- any uh any um any type of you know spirits cocktails that you guys want us to 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 taste to comment on to to experience uh the, the more the merrier that's for sure Yep, and uh, you can find me at uh, on Instagram. I have my my Instagram is at drinks dot with dot funds, and then Eric, you can find him at a dot poor dot with dot Eric. And we would appreciate it if, when you listen to this, you subscribe, share it, and review it. 
we have a lot of great content coming out. We have a couple interviews scheduled with pretty cool uh, people in the industry of cocktails mm-hmm. and spirits. And uh, we're super excited to have those interviews and sharing those with you guys. And hopefully you guys get a nice learning experience out of this and just enjoy, you know, hearing us chat about cocktails and spirits. Yeah, I'm excited. I can't wait. Awesome. All right, Eric. Until uh, next time, everyone. We'll see you guys. Sounds good. All right. See you guys. Bye. Bye.